Here are some clips from this week's deep dive episode of the Bestseller Experiment for Patreon subscribers. Hello and welcome to the Bestseller Experiment, a special deep dive episode that we record exclusively for our patrons on Patreon and our academies on the Bestseller Academy. And today we're getting forensic, and I mean that quite literally. We're going to be talking about forensics and all that wonderful stuff that that makes uh, this kind of crime thriller that uses forensics so gripping and, and really, really draws you in. But very often, very often... It's completely wrong uh, and erroneous. So I've got a couple of experts. And these two, I went to see these two speak uh, at a writer's group in Canterbury earlier this summer. And we were there for about two hours, I think, at least. And I could have sat there for another two hours. It was absolutely gripping. So we've got uh, Dr. Dev Infinity and Chandra Infinity. Both of you, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Yeah, great uh, to be here. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thanks, well, Mark. Uh, couldn't resist simply couldn't resist you two are absolutely brilliant um now normally when I, whenever i talk to an expert uh, particularly when i'm looking something up the first question i ask when i'm researching is um what what is it that frustrates you when you see your profession on tv or in books what is it that people get wrong and what became very very clear from talking to you guys is that pretty much everything you see on the tv pretty much everything you see in books can be very very wrong but first of all let's find out who you are what's where are you in your kind of in your career when it comes to forensics so uh devon let's start with you Alrighty. Um, so I'm currently a lecturer in forensic science at the University of Kent, based here in Canterbury. Um, prior to that, I was a lecturer in biological anthropology, specializing in forensic anthropology, forensic taphonomy, also at the University of Kent. And prior to that, I was based at the University of Cape Town in South Africa as a lecturer in human anatomy and forensic science. Wonderful. Thank you. And Chandra, Chandra I should also add, was of course uh, a, an academy member so uh chandra lovely to see you again but of course you're on a forensics journey as well tell us about that yeah well uh prior to discovering creative writing uh, i was very very science orientated and minded and yes i had i specialized in forensics in my postgraduate education so i've got a master's two masters both specialising in forensics, one from a South African university, the other from a UK-based university. At the moment, I am a teaching fellow on a specialist forensics programme at King's College London. Uh, broadly, my speciality is also similar to Devon in, in that forensic anthropology and anatomy background, a very close connection in South Africa. And uh, we've we've worked on cases together in South Africa. Um, and other than forensic anthropology, I'm quite interested and have done quite a bit of research and published on um, forensic genetics and looking at extracting DNA from bones and teeth. So, yeah. Wonderful. I love the way you said we both worked on cases together in South Africa. That's a, that sounds like a Netflix show right there. I want to see that show. <laughs> you, you guys solving crimes. Uh, but let's uh, let's let's. We got a whole bunch of uh, listener questions. So if you're a member of the academy or if you're in our BXP group on Facebook as a Patreon, you know you get exclusive uh, chance to ask wonderful people like this their um their, their, uh, ask ask questions. So let's talk about. Um, 
the things that people get wrong. So I've got a, a question here from William Group. He says, as an ex-EMT, it drives me crazy when I see someone on TV trying to check someone's pulse in the wrong spot. What are those forensic cringe moments that drive you crazy so we can avoid them? Well, I can 100% say within the setting that we work in, there are no pulses. <laughs> there are, <laughs> there, there are uh, very much uh, of the of the deceased <laughs> variety, <laughs> and in the in the case of Devon, quite long deceased. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely decomposed or skeletonized. Yeah. I have legitimately seen a cause of death on the death certificate being written as skeletonization. <laughs> yeah you, well, you, you see some, you see some crazy stuff and it's not this is one thing to say it's not just um sometimes yes uh lay people can get the science running that comes through in popular uh press like uh popular media such as tv shows movies books but the science itself is not always um perfect so, and I think Devin and I spoke at length to this about, um, to the group when we had the writing session, some of the way that science, the science is shown to be so powerful and um, given all the answers in those movies, TV shows, perhaps books. And when it goes to a real situation, particularly when it's tested in court, because forensics, you can put anything in front of forensics or behind forensics because all it is relating to the court and to a um, judicial system. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's it's not it's it's also the science. So I think we 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 as forensic scientists uh, know the term quite well, CSI effect, yes. and. Um, I'm not so sure if that's something that that you know is has gone into the general population, but the CSI effect is seen as this um, putting the evidence into a much higher standing stand of confirm on confirming something than actually would be seen in a real life situation. So, in in short, it's it's raises people's expectations far higher than what it can actually deliver in reality. And I, I suppose that that's, that's one of the biggest things that, that TV does is that it creates yeah, these unrealistic books, expectations. TV shows. Yeah. yeah. And part of it is, is along timelines. Um, so the, the time that it takes to process evidence in general is sped up a lot. Which makes sense. I mean, for for the narrative. Yeah, when you have a forty-five minute show, you don't want to have a you know an extraction method taken twenty-four hours. Yes. <laughs> so, like, you don't want to be shown all that boring, boring sciencey then that do take hours and hours, and interpreting the results can take a long time as well. Yeah, well, this, this is the thing. I mean, you hear on shows. I, I need this idea DNA identified within twenty-four hours. That's that doesn't happen, does it? Um, it can happen. Nowadays, usually, yeah. usually, so the the instrumentation um, and the te techniques can certainly give you a profile, depending on what sample is, in quite a short time, um, within within a day. Uh, the The issue is that when you're taking that to a real life situation, 
where these are done by only a specific number of laboratories within any country. And those laboratories are being filtered by many scenes or, or cases that are under question and they want to DNA profile, let's take an example with DNA, that's kind of where the backlog happens in that processing and prioritizing. So just as you might prioritize in the ER room, there is some prioritization that happens in a forensic laboratory. So certainly high profile cases can be quite a quick turnaround time, Hmm. Um, but general general cases can take quite quite long um and i believe that uh, the uk is and generally countries around the world do do report on the their backlogs they have to um because they are beholden to government entities and legal courts so they have to report their backlogs but going back to your original point which is what you know this thing the csi effect is this thing where we do expect miracles of forensic science to to point the finger squarely at someone you know no no doubt whatsoever but we are seeing that there have been some terrible uh, miscarriages of justice because of of this this effect essentially and and jurors you know because they've watched a few seasons of CSI might think they're they're experts so this is it's quite a dangerous thing isn't it it is, but the the point that you raised, there, Mark, is also a, a, has a, has another side to it, and it's something that Chandra mentioned earlier, which is that the science itself isn't perfect, mm-hmm. and many of these miscarriages of justice haven't been at the hands of jurors who have misunderstood evidence, but rather scientists who have misrepresented evidence. Right. Bad science in court is per- throughout the world, um, and it's been the subject of a, of a lot of criticism. Um, mainly in the United States, but also quite recently here in the UK. Mm. Um, and it, it's forced a reckoning within forensic science disciplines to, to really improve the rigor and the quality of the science underpinning the methods. And that's, that's what drives Mind Chandra's research, is, mm. is really moving towards that to make sure that we really are certain because the stakes in a forensic case are very high. Mm-hmm. And that's a massive responsibility as both as a practitioner and as a researcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that there's a, there's a standard fear among forensic scientists is to let the guilty go free. And I'm sure this happens like with, with other police and, and perhaps lawyers that have some a moral compass. Um, but uh, more than that, putting someone innocent behind bars like that that is just we that shouldn't happen unfortunately there are instances of this and sometimes it's just with that translation of what is quite a rigorous scientific process into the court system where you have now you dealing with lay people and there are many instances where quite a few examples where forensic scientists or those within the forensic field just have gotten it wrong. Right. right. So forensic odontology is, is, has taken, borne the brunt of this um, as, as a discipline. 
Um, there's a really good show on Netflix called The Innocence Files, and it attracts a lot of these, these miscarriages of justice. And forensic odontology feature, features uncomfortably frequently. Right. Um, but that in turn has, has driven professionalization within that specific discipline. Um, and, and having an awareness of the downfalls and the pitfalls and the, the shortcomings of the science is really important, both for jurors and for scientists. Mm-hmm. And you do have within as, as experts for hire. And typically these are the fence looking for an expert and they will just shop around until they find an expert that might not fully agree with the prosecution and they're like yes I will I will pay you this amount if you can come today and which shouldn't be the case it shouldn't be the case because a forensic scientist you do you do not have even if you which is has caused a debate within the field with um because some countries have their forensic science still t- attached to government entities and of course government entities then have um like prosecution seeing that so uh there's this this concern of conflict of interest um but at the end of the day a forensic expert even though they might be testifying on the side of the prosecution i'm saying that inverted commas they're not there to support the, the prosecution's argument they are there to present their science through an expert report that they have written and they would be defending that for the court. Now, in the UK, you would be presenting to the jury, not the judge per se, because that's it's a jury-based legal system. Other countries have where they don't have a jury system, such as South Africa, you would just be presenting to the judge. Okay, let's um, let's get, go to the scene of the crime. Uh, we've got a question from Andrew Guile who says, "Is there an accepted way to work a crime scene?" from a forensic standpoint i remember one of the one of the things that really surprised me when uh talking to you guys over the su- summer you said uh, the scene is called a scene of death there's no presumption of a crime it's led by evidence so tell us about you can help support the podcast subscribe today at bestsellerexperiment.com slash support that's bestsellerexperiment.com slash support thanks again <laughs> 